welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Thank you. God bless you. Please take your seat. I had a revelation last night that I should change the direction for my message this morning, and um, I, I thought I should probably speak on uh, why Australia is the strongest rugby nation on the planet and has only the sources because New Zealand's got all the cups. Anyway. Well, thank you, uh, Glenn and Deb. Can I, can I move this down there? Is that acceptable? It's not. Okay, that's all right. You're the boss. That's fine. So I, I, um, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and appreciate the comments. Um, I'm not sure that they're all true, but it's just um, fantastic to have the relationship with you guys and with the church, and I really count it a a uh, great privilege, to be honest. And, um, you know, this is a fantastic church, and every time I've come, uh, particularly over the last few years, it's just a sense of the hand of God on the place. And, and sometimes when we're part of something that God is doing, um, you know, we don't always recognize the significance of what's going on. And through this week, I've had the privilege of meeting with a few individuals and and uh, just been amazed at the potential and the growth and development of people, the younger people that have been in the house for a long time and just what they're emerging into. And, and I've also been, uh, you know, quite impacted by the number of significant people that God has added into the house just over the last, you know, couple of years or so or whatever it is and, and in more recent times than that. Uh, and added to that, there's a, there's a great uh, vibrancy of life in the house. You know, there's a, there's a, the, I just feel like the atmosphere has, has totally shifted. Well, not totally, but it's, it's certainly shifted since I was here about 14 months ago. I noticed it on Wednesday night before anything happened when we came in here. There was just such a buzz. And, um, and, and when you see those things going on, you know God's up to something. How many know God's up to something? And uh, I'm just excited for you about what the future holds and uh, want to share a few thoughts with you this morning. I'd like you to turn uh, with me in your Bible, if you have one today, uh, to 2 Kings chapter 6. And if you haven't got your Bible, why not? Um, and anyway, just a thought. It's a good thing to have. Second uh, Kings chapter 6, I want to read the first seven verses this morning. It says, And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. And then one of them said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I'll go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees but as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off the stick, threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand 
and took it. So it's a pretty interesting account, and there's all sorts of bits and pieces in it. But, you know, there's a group of uh, prophets, and under Elisha, there'd been these different groups established around the nation that are referred to as a school of the prophets or the sons of the prophets and the, the emerging prophetic ministries. And under the leadership of Elisha, they seem to have outgrown their facilities. And uh, so I love the vision of these, uh, these young guys that, that come to Elisha and say, come on, let's, there's more for us. There's somewhere bigger. We, we, we need to kind of uh, move beyond where we are. They don't settle for the status quo. They're looking for something more, even though it means a lot of hard work and, and discomfort. And when I was praying about coming here, and I've been in, uh, this is the third church I've been in in this trip and some other stuff midweek. And uh, as I began to pray about the trip before I'd even got to think about the different places I was going to, the Lord spoke to me about you guys and this house and uh, the phrase he gave me very clearly was reposition for increase. And, uh, and then immediately took me uh, to this passage of Scripture. So the things that I want to draw to your attention this morning are firstly that you've got to go to a bigger place. You've got to reposition and relocate. The second thing is you've got to choose the new location very carefully. You've got to be selective. And the third thing is that your cutting edge is critical. So let's talk for a few minutes about reposition. Repositioning for increase, let's talk about what it means to reposition. And, uh, you know, for this group of emerging prophets, the place where they are is now too small for them. And uh, so they recognize the need for change. They recognize the need to reposition for increase And I want to say to you this morning that that's a fundamental principle for life. Every time you need or want increase in some area of your life, you need to reposition yourself. There's a lot of people that want increase in some area of their life, but they don't reposition themselves, and so that increase never comes. For instance, in your relationships, how many know if you want to strengthen and see some increase in your relationship, you need to reposition yourself? In your finance, you need to reposition yourself. In your health, you need to reposition yourself. In your business, your career, if you want to go to the next level, you need to reposition yourself. In your ministry, you need to reposition yourself. Every time you want an increase in return, you've got to increase the measure of investment. That's the message of Luke 6 and verse 38. So change isn't by chance, it's by choice. You choose to change. And, you know, you meet a lot of people that live their life like it's a lottery. They just hope something's going to work out. It's like they hope one day, uh, you know, the silver bullet is going to arrive. One day they're going to get the five points for total success and everything, and their life is going to just turn around. It's like buying, you know, a lottery ticket and hoping it's going to work out. But that's not how life is. Change doesn't come by chance. It comes by choice. It's when you reposition yourself. And as a church, your current location is now too restrictive. It's too small for what God has done and what he's about to do. It's too small for your potential and your destiny to be realized. It's too small for your future growth and development. And I'm not primarily talking about your geographical location or this building. That's not what I'm talking about. Although, if you have a look around, it 
should ring some bells anyway. I'm talking about the heart of the church. I'm talking about your mindset, your philosophy of ministry, your expectation. God has much more for you. Hello? God has much more for you, individually and collectively. So, so as a church, that means ongoing change and development. It means, you know, going as a ministry to a new place. It means going as an organization to a new place. And church is about ministry. Church is not an organization that does ministry. It's a ministry that needs to be organized. And, and you have to go to a place of enlargement, a place that allows for increase, and a place that releases potential and, cap- and capitalizes on possibilities. And is, as, as an individual, it means going somewhere internally that's much bigger than where you currently are. It's repositioning your head, repositioning your heart. It's it's relocating your faith and your thinking and your expectation. Let me ask you this morning, is your internal atmosphere expansive or restrictive? Is it as big as the promises of God or is it as small as your current circumstances and past experience? Is your internal atmosphere as large as God or is it as limited as your abilities. You, you know, throughout Scripture, there's a link between our money and our heart. And a good indicator of where our heart is, is what we do with our money. It goes quiet sometimes. It's very quiet. <laughs> but see, as you're, the way you think and process and your attitude and how you handle your money, is that expansive or is it restrictive? I mean, do you give strategically or do you give emotionally? Do you realize that the whole thing of tithing and giving is not principles and it's not law and it's not cause and effect, it's faith. And your tithe redeems the rest. In other words, when you pay your tithe, it sanctifies your whole financial realm, the whole area of your material things. It sanctifies that. It it protects it from the devourer. That's what the Bible says, a faith principle. And you can choose whether you work by it or not, whether you line up with the pattern of how faith works biblically or whether you are controlled by your mind and your limitations. So we have to learn to be expansive, open-hearted and open-handed and kind of live with that freedom of spirit? Do you give strategically or do you give emotionally? Uh, uh, You know, Isaiah says a generous person plans their generosity. Do you plan and budget to be increasingly generous and liberal? The problem is many of us see money as being like a pie and you take a piece out of it and there's less left. But actually money is like a river that's flowing by and you take a bucket full out and you can't see where it's gone. Come on. Because the river of the flow of provision of God and the abundance of God and the largeness of God and the promises of God that Pastor just reminded about is like a river flowing into your life. Come on. It's a river that's available to you and, you, and, and God can get it to you if He can get it through you. That's just a reality. And so are we, we giving to pay the bills or are we sacrificially sowing into kingdom advancement? 
But, uh, you know, the reality is that we, I was thinking about this. It's been on my mind the last 24 hours, Pastor. I just, just this thing of the building. I mean, if you keep going the way you are in 18 months time, there's not going to be room to move here. Now, now, are you kind of sowing into that sort of expectation and vision or are you just not aware of it? I'm not talking about money this morning. I'm talking about you have to increase your internal capacity before you can increase your external expression. You've got to get larger on the inside. What my wife and I have discovered is you know, every time we get settled with what's going on in our life, God lifts the level and it begins with an increase of capacity on the inside. Beginning of this year, uh, you know, we've always been pretty generous with, with finance and tried to live a generous life full stop. The beginning of this year, I was sitting in a service and the Lord said to me, this year you're to double your, your giving. And doubling our giving is just absolutely impossible. How many know God loves to do the impossible? And so we talked about it, and all of this year we've doubled our giving. And it hasn't made any difference. That's not a boast in me. That's a boast in God. So you've got to step into another realm. Come on, church. You've got to get into the zone of flowing with what God is doing and, and, and being not just a, you don't just tip God, you kind of invest in the future. Come on. And just kind of, and let our hearts be enlarged, our faith enlarged and begin to catch what the Holy Ghost saying and doing and preparing and positioning us for. Come on, you got to reposition for increase. Let me talk to you about location. In the real estate industry, there's a saying that says location, location, location. But actually, when you think about it, it's really critical for every aspect of life where you locate yourself as a church. I don't mean physically in terms of buildings. In fact, a friend of mine has grown a very large church in the, most, in the worst location in town, at the back of an industrial estate, and there's only one road in which is difficult to find, and that road is lined by car wreckers' yards. So the sides of the road are covered in grease and wrecks and whatever. How many know the church growth manual say, you never plant a church there, but it's grown to thousands, literally thousands in the last, uh, what, 12 years now it's been going. So, so I'm not talking about that because the building is just a, a facility to fulfill the mission. It's just a vehicle we use, but I'm talking about where are we located and where are we going to locate in terms of faith and expectation, in mindsets and vision, in, in clarity of purpose, in strategy and organisation, in empowering and mobilising people, in impacting this community and region. Where are we going to live as a people of God? See, where do you really live? I'm not talking about your physical address. I'm talking about where do you go on your own in your heart and your mind? I mean, where do you go in your imaginations and your, your dreaming and your thing? Where do you really live? How many know your location is critical? Come on, somebody. Where do you locate yourself? These uh, young prophets were pretty smart. They said to Elisha, let's go down by the Jordan River. And there are two very good reasons to locate there. 
The first one is that it's a place of, um, with a lot of timber, and so they can easily build a new facility without uh, you know, lugging timber for miles. So that was a very practical and logical choice. But the second reason is, and more importantly, the Jordan River was a place of miracles where there had been a consistent demonstration of the power of God through Israel's history. And so the first reason is very practical and sensible and logical. The second reason is spiritual. One's to do with, you know, external natural things, and the other is to do with spiritual eternal things, the, the realm of the supernatural. And, uh, and they chose to go to the place of the power of God, the place of miracles where God has constantly demonstrated his power down through the ages in his interactions with Israel. And I can tell you both from individual life and, and corporate church life, you know, it's very easy to make decisions based just on, you know, practical reasons. And many churches do and are and probably should with systems and structures and ministries and strategies and planning and organization and all of that is wonderful. But the real issue is are we positioned, are we located in a place that releases the power of God? Uh, where there's a, a freedom of the Spirit, where there's a pursuit of the presence of God. I'm talking about your personal life and your corporate life. Where have we located ourselves? And the word Jordan actually means going down. It means, it means death is what the word really means, of coming to the end of yourself. And in order to receive and steward all God has to us, we have to move beyond our own capacity, our own abilities, into the realm of the supernatural power of God, where we just choose to position ourselves, see, and step out. And Jordan is the place where we face the flooded river and we know it's impossible to cross, but we're going to cross it anyway. And we walk into the flooded river knowing we're about to be swept away by the current except we're carrying the presence of God. And when we're, where the presence of God is, the power of God is. Jordan is the river where Elijah comes down, slaps it with his mantle, divides the river so they go across and dry land. Jordan is the place where Elisha comes back with that same mantle and he slaps the river and he says, where is the God of Elijah? He, he's not saying, where is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? I'm not looking for the God of covenant and promise. I'm looking for the God of power. I'm looking for the God of miracles. I want to position myself in that place where we step beyond our own limitations into the unlimited capacities of God. Come on, somebody. Uh, it's good, isn't it? I love it. Location, location, location. Incidentally, when they got there, Elisha made the axe head float. And if you actually look at the language, it indicates he made it swim. The reason he had to make the axe head swim is that down from Jericho, the Jordan River is deep and flows very swiftly. So it was just floating. It would have floated away before the young guy could grab it again. Uh, it's a pretty cool picture, isn't it? Not too many axe heads float and, uh, or swim. And uh, you see... What it's actually saying is where you locate yourself as an individual or locate yourself as a church, things will happen for which you need the power of God to resolve your situation. 
And so if I locate myself in my life, in my thinking, my heart, my faith, my expectations, all of that, if I locate myself somewhere that is distant from the miracle power of God, I'm going to face things in life that'll be very difficult for me. Because when you find yourself in a place of needing a miracle, but your head and your heart is not connected for a miracle, how many know it's it's going to take you a little while to kind of get into that place? And so you've got to be very careful where you locate yourself, both individually and corporately. And it's interesting that it was the old prophet, you know, that, that released the power of God and the accident comes up and so on. It was the anointing of a previous generation that met the need of the hour. And you know, one of the things in my heart, and every time I'm in a new life church, I'm reminded of it, is the fact that your movement was birthed and grew out of the supernatural power of God, out of people that caught a hold of a prophetic breakthrough anointing and, and, and just broke stuff open uh, over, over the nation really. And, uh, and it's not about going back to what they did or all of that, but it's about stepping into that same anointing, positioning ourselves so that we too, individually and corporately, carry a new anointing to break stuff open across the region to kind of speak into the heavens and shift some things, not out of rhetoric and not out of emotional hype, but out of a new anointing and revelation of the God we serve and, and who we are in God and what we're called to do and, and the hand of God upon us. Come on, somebody. And just kind of go to hell with the devil. We're trying to turn this planet around. Uh, you know, anyway. <laughs> Your cutting edge is critical. Reposition, relocate. Your cutting edge is critical because repositioning for increase is about everybody contributing and bringing their own beam. You'll notice in the story that each one of them had to cut their own piece of timber and bring it to the building site. And, uh, and a new structure was dependent upon the contribution of each person. And so in order to, to, to cut out your beam, you've got to have a sharp cutting edge. Because uh, here's, the, here's the truth, nobody else can produce your beam other than you. And when you bring it, how many know when I bring a bit of timber to a building site, I might love this bit of timber and say, it's the best looking bit of timber in the building. I want it on the front door. And the builder looks at it and he says, man, that just is a strong bit of timber, just the right shape. I'm going to put it in the walls to support the toilet. Come on. See, it's not my choice where the beam goes. It's up to the builder to, put, to determine that. My responsibility is to cut out the beam and to bring it to the building, see, and submit it at, into that purpose. And, and how many know every time you build a new building, when you go to build a new house, you don't build it exactly the same as the old house because there's some innovations, there's some new ideas and new developments that have happened. And and so there's some changes in the way you go about it. And that means in terms of of repositioning ourselves as a church, it means some roles change. There's realignment and reassignment and adjustment so that the house actually for the next season looks different from the house of the last season. So you've got to step out of your comfort zone. It's interesting, these guys are prophets, but now they've got to become carpenters. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to get done what needs to be done. And sometimes you just got to be doing what the team needs in order to build what you're meant to build. 
You can't use somebody else's gift or anointing. You can't use somebody else's cutting edge. There's a lot of people do that. They want to come into church without, you know, carrying anything of themselves and just suck up the anointing from the worship band and suck up the anointing from the preacher and, and just kind of think you can live your life like that. Friend, you can't. You're going to face stuff and that just won't cut it. You've got you to learn to have your cutting edge touched by the power of God as that young man's axe head was. You know, something supernatural happening with your ability and your capacity where you step into another realm and you, you let God begin to do some work in you uh, to a greater degree than He ever has. And we might not think that an axe head is any big deal. Just, just go buy another one. But there's two things you've got to remember. The first thing is this guy's a Bible school student and I've never seen a Bible school student yet that was cashed out. So that's a problem. And if you read the commentators, they tell you that an iron accent, and it's very specific, it was an iron accent, was very valuable in that day. And so they relate it as being equivalent to the cost of a new car today. So it's no wonder the guy's freaking out. It's like somebody, you know, you're driving somebody's new Mercedes Benz and you drive it into the river. How many know you're kind of concerned about that? And that reminds me that the anointing and the process of developing my cutting edge is not a cheap thing. It's something that I must pursue. It's something that I must uh, develop and lay hold of God for. It's something way beyond my own ability and capacity. I've got I've to pr- project myself and reposition myself and locate myself in the realm of the supernatural and let the Spirit of God do something in me that He's not done before so that I can see things I've not seen before and hear things I've not heard before and do things I've never done before. Come on, somebody. Stepping into another location you see, to keep my cutting edge sharp and strong. And it reminds me I've got to keep on growing and changing in order for my cutting edge to remain relevant and fresh. I have to be prepared to review and be reviewed. I have to be prepared for my effectiveness to be evaluated. And, and so it's this, this whole thing about moving beyond our capacity. It's not what you can do. It's about what God can do through you. It's not about your abilities or capacity. It's about where God wants to take you. Come on, that we position ourselves quite specifically and quite deliberately into a place that, yeah, it's practical and we've got all the stuff in place, but we're positioning ourselves in a location where we're absolutely dependent upon the power of God to work in our lives and we have a conviction that He will never leave us nor forsake us. We have a conviction that He lives in us, that we are carriers of the presence. We're carriers of the presence of God. We're carriers of the power of God. We have the wisdom of God. We have the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we can tap into the mind of God and we can just live beyond where anybody else can live. We can do what other people can't do and we can go where they can't go because the hand of God is upon us. We are the covenant people of God. We are a holy nation set apart under God. Reposition for increase. Reposition, location, and your cutting edge is critical. Would you stand with me for a moment right now? And let's just
shut in with the Lord for a moment. Let's just close our eyes. Let's just settle our spirit. And I mean, what is the Holy Spirit really saying to you out of all of this? Where, where are you located right now? I mean, on the inside. What, what, what's going on in your heart and in your mind? I just am so convinced that God is, is wanting to do something absolutely awesome in this place. I felt the Lord say to me just the other morning that, you know, uh, uh, this area is such a, a growth area. And he is absolutely, Jesus is committed to build his church. And I felt him say, I, I'm going to build a large, significant, powerful church that will shake this region and beyond. And I felt him say, the ball is at the feet of Thrive Church. But the question is, will they hear the sound of the Spirit? Will they, will they sense the wind of God? Will they begin to get a hold of something of the purposes of God in their hearts? And even though they may not understand it and may not know where it's going to lead them, but, but will they position themselves so that I can use them? Because if I don't, I have to use somebody else. How many know the purposes of God are never stopped? It's just about, a, a, are we going to recognise that the hand of God is upon us for something significant and relocate? Positioning ourselves for increase. I, Father, we just reach out to you in this moment with a sense of wonder that you would even choose us in the first place, let alone that you would choose to make us vehicles of your presence and your power and co-workers with each other and with you and your purposes. We're amazed at that. We're so privileged, so blessed. <laughs> it's just awesome. Father, release another anointing, a fresh flow of your grace over your people at this time. That God, individually, we might somehow be able to identify those things that are restrictive and limiting in our lives. That, that God, you would, within each heart and each mind, you would, would just enable us to enlarge our capacity to get a hold of your promises on you and, and get a hold of, of what you're saying to us individually. That we might be people that would be able to cut out a really wonderful beam and bring it to the house. We bring a, we build a, a new house to the glory of God that's amazing. It shakes our region and world and brings great glory to your name. Father, grant it, I pray, just right now, Father, I release in the name of Jesus a fresh anointing on this house for increase. I release a fresh grace of your Spirit in each life for people to reposition and relocate and become all that you have for them to become. And I thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.